And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Welcome to... Boston Celtics Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, joined as always by the kid, the gut, the legend, Celtics beat reporter from theathletic.com. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, it's Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. How is sunny Los Angeles, Jay? It's probably the same temperature that it is in Boston right now. It is unusually warm today, like a high 60s. Yeah, and it's, I think, low 60s here in Los Angeles. So, it's kind of northeastern here. Weird times. Weird things going on with the weather. Weird things going on with the Celtics because suddenly the Celtics can score. They're not as cold as it is in L.A. (laughs) They are hot. They are scorching hot. They put together two just actually absurd performances. One was a loss to the Utah Jazz um, in which the Jazz made – 27 threes or 26 threes, shooting 52%. Um, but the Celtics scored right with them, and the Jazz have one of the better defenses in the league. And then another uh, game back-to-back against the Portland Trailblazers, and the Celtics score 145 points, completely blow the doors off them. Jay, what the hell is going on out there? I, I don't know whether it's sustainable. Um <laughs> But the last couple of games, the Celtics offense has been outrageous. The Jazz game was some of the best shot making on both teams. Like, just ridiculous shot making. Especially the third quarter, parts of the fourth quarter. It was just like, each team was just absolutely on team fire. And then the Celtics followed that up. Like, the Blazers stink. The Blazers are heartless <laughs> have no defense whatsoever they don't want to be there uh so so i don't know how much that that one means uh i don't know how much any of it means but obviously it's promising that the celtics offense which has really sputtered most of the season has come to life here the last couple of games yeah and they did it without jalen brown who like we mentioned probably should not have been playing just considering how not great he looked in that 76ers game. He was not in uh, the lineup either of those two games. He's apparently questionable to play against the Lakers. Uh, Al Horford wa- uh, was there for the first game, not there for the second game. We saw a lot of more Grant Williams at the four. Um, what do you think of kind of like that? It, it seemed like a, they went to that a lot more. Uh, and Grant, I think, responded well, still is knocking down things from the corner. Um, what do you think about the kind of the grant at the four lineups that it just just due to happenstance, I feel like we got a lot more of them in the last two games. He normally plays the I, four. I mean, we just no. saw it with more frequency. Not that not that he's playing out of position or anything like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it, it's looked good. Grant has 
knockdown shots, the the team. I mean, the, the biggest thing I took away um, from the last couple of games was that just the team seems to at least be buying into Ime Udoka's um, teaching points about less iso ball, more pace. Uh, you listen to Dennis Schroeder speak, and he's a guy who pounds it and pounds it and dribbles as much as anybody on the Celtics for sure around the league he's up there gotta be I don't know exactly what the stats are but you, you listen to him talk and he's like yeah I need to do less isoing um, I need to do less pounding of the ball I need to stop holding the ball as much and I think there was one stretch during the second quarter against Portland where the Celtics kind of fell back into that iso stuff and I think Tatum held the ball a little bit settled for some bad shots and they were falling back into old habits and it didn't last and I think Marcus Smart kind of pushed them back out of that. He he was really physical on the drive against CJ McCollum, obviously wanted to take advantage of that matchup. And the Celtics from there just started playing much better offensively. And so I, I, I think obviously there have been times throughout the season and throughout the last couple of games even when they have gone back to those bad habits of of – you know, slowing slowing the game down, settling for bad shots, but to snap out of that, I think was pretty pretty impressive, and and to really just be echoing what Udoka has been preaching, uh, especially from Schroeder, I think that means a lot and could go a long way for the Celtics. Yeah, and I think the the defense is also helping their offense. They were able to stay in that Jazz game um, by generating a lot of turnovers, and that just helps them play with pace. But you mentioned Marcus Smart. Um, I thought he did a great job of like being strong and really attaching C.J. McCollum, and I think he's done a pretty good job of just getting into the paint all year. But he also seems to be a guy who, even even off makes, he's a guy really running the ball up the court um, and really trying to get the Celtics into the offense. And um, I think it's been kind of uh, contagious, infectious perhaps. Um, I think Jason Tatum, this is something I, saw, like, I noticed in the – uh, 76ers game. Uh, I think he's very prone to kind of falling back into the kind of a slow, methodical offense. Um, if you come up in the coaching tree of someone like one of the greats, like Nick Friedman, uh, he'll talk about 0.5 offense where you want to, uh, have your players when they catch the ball be doing something else in 0.5 seconds, whether that's shooting, passing, or dribbling. I think Tatum has a kind of a tendency to really slow the game down and kind of assess his options, but it does feel like he's been, just much more deliberate in terms of at least in the admittedly it's a very small sample size but just trying to get into the paint and being physical once he's in the paint i mean he's had two pretty great performances 37 uh, points against the jazz 31 points against uh the trailblazers but got to the line a number of times both times and i just think it, it felt like he was much more aggressive and just like getting into the paint and actually drawing fouls in a way where um nick friedman would be proud I thought the Jazz game was one of Tatum's best games of the season. And, like, early on, they doubled him at every touch. They were really, really forcing the ball out of his hands. He didn't force anything, just just moved it, moved it, got other guys involved until it op- things opened up a, a little bit for him, and then he took advantage of opportunities. And that's kind of how he's going to have to play because obviously he's going to have a ton of attention. Obviously teams are going to sell out to stop him. 
um, if he can continue to look for the right opportunities and then seize those when he gets them, like you said, play .5 offense, really make quick decisions, attack on the catch, then he's just going to have much better opportunities. I think early on, you know, he made things more difficult for himself. The last couple of games, he hasn't as much. And, and then he gets in a rhythm, and then it's easier to shoot the step-back three-pointers and easier to do all, the one-legged and one, or maybe it wasn't an and one, but the one-legged shot over one of the Blazers. That was just ridiculous. Um, all that stuff comes easier. So I, 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 He's clearly developed a rhythm. He's clearly been much better. I am looking at the stats right now of him with Jalen Brown on the court versus him with Jalen Brown off the court. And they're weird. They're weird, man. Um, and I don't I don't think it's like anything like they can't play together or anything like that. I think there's a lot of evidence that they can play well. Tell me the stats, man. But you can't just say they're weird. Tatum, Tatum with Jalen on the court is averaging 25.4 points per 100 possessions, shooting 36.4% from the field. And 23.1% from three-point arc. That's with Jalen on the court with him. When Jalen's off the court, he jumps up to 37.8 points per 100 possessions, shooting 42.5% from the field and 35.3% from three. Obviously, that's probably a little fluky. Like A lot of the three-point attempts are probably very similar, um, whether Jalen's on the court or not. Obviously, it's a small sample size because we're early in the season. but, But that's weird. And that's then, just this year? That's not like for their whole career? Th- that's just this season, yeah. And then the other piece, which is weird, is that the Celtics offense has been much better with Tatum on the court without Jalen than it is with Tatum on the court with Jalen. On the court with Jalen, 102.5 points per 100 possessions, which is awful. On the court without Jalen, 111.7 points per 100 possessions, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, but I that like, seems again, like... I don't think that's... They sucked in the first seven games of the year, and that's when Jalen and Jason were playing together. And then Jalen got hurt, and they kind of had their resurgence, at least on defense, and started playing a little bit better. I mean, I, like Jalen's missed a lot of time, and it happened to be with a winning streak. I don't know how like how much we're able to actually read into those stats, just because there's been so many games when Jalen's been off the court where it seems like they play like the two these two games and then the two like uh the little like four game hot streak Jay, uh Jason went on earlier in the year Jalen wasn't playing I don't I'm not going to do some uh some uh post hoc ergo proctor hawk and that's a logical fallacy and just say that uh Jalen being out caused uh Jason to shoot better I, I'm with you I like I said I, I don't think it, this is a case where they can't play together um but I do think for whatever reason um, their offense without Jalen has looked very good. Um, That's fair. And 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 like it's 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 just weird that the numbers are as bad as they have been with Tatum and Brown both on the court. It's just bizarre. And some of it was just they were the whole team was in a funk early in the season. Um, but it's weird. And like you said to your point, like guys just got hot. I, I think there's been a lot of talk about like how good the Celtics have been offensively over the last like two and a half weeks. I think Mark D'Amico wrote a story about how good their offense has been over the last two and a half weeks. It was just as bad until the last <laughs> two games. And then they scored 270-something points over the last two games and totally changed in a short, small sample size. Like that totally changed how their offense has looked over the past two and a half weeks. Didn't they jump so, up to like not in the – they jumped into the teens, I think, in total like team offense just based on the last two games alone. 
yeah, they they have been scorching. Scorching. They're out of the 20s. It's a huge day. Huge day for the Celtics. They are out of the 20s in offensive rating. They are all the way up to 16. Wild. 16. <laughs> one spot behind the Sacramento Kings. That's all you've been uh, saying that they need to do. They just need to be an average offense. And literally, that's the mean right or That's the median right there. Middle of the league. And then they can have a top five defense. Um the thing, like, it just seems like they, uh, Jason Tatum really enjoys the West Coast. And you know who else I think enjoys the West Coast? Because someone else uh, is on a heater right now. And it's, it's the kid, Jay King. Two for two in terms of articles written on this uh, West Coast trip. You were able to talk to Tatum just about kind of the report of him being a, a selfish player. Uh, I thought that was a, a great article. Are you able to get, like, more access thank you, thank you. Uh, on the road than you are at home? Yeah, it's a lot better on on the road. Um, it's it's just much easier because there's not as many people here. Um, there's more access because they have you know shoot arounds and there was practice out here, so it's it's easier to do the job, much better to do the job on the road. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from kind of like talking to Tatum about? I guess that anonymous article that Bon Temps wrote. Uh, Brad's comments. Um, what, what was your biggest takeaway just from talking to him about like his reaction to all that? Yeah, I just, I, I think it's obvious that he's trying not to get too down with himself. Uh, he's he knows that he didn't start off playing well, um, and he takes it pretty seriously. Obviously, he has very high goals for himself individually, high goals for the team. Um, but I, I do think he's trying to learn from this and the other part of it was just he was kind of like yeah this this isn't gonna last forever i know this this isn't gonna last forever like basically it sucks now but but when the run comes and he kept saying like the i'm gonna start playing well like i know i'm gonna start playing well there there are always months where i average like 30 points a game he didn't say that but basically implied that um and he's kind of he's he's on a heater now too. What what is it? The last four games, five games, averaging thirty points a game. So he might be back. Is Jason Tatum back? Well, he was. We've well, I've already declared him back once, and then he left. But now he's double back. Um, so and that then the the other part I think that stood out to me is like he he understands. Um, that he'll take the criticism no matter what if the Celtics fail. And that, like, if the, the offense isn't flowing, then it's on him. And he'll be looked at as selfish or whatever. And he knows that, like, he he needs to change, to impact winning to change all that. And, and that's what he's going to try to do. So we'll see. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I thought the other other interesting thing is like how much he's aware of like the strides he's made as a playmaker um, and talking about how like that's how he's going to impact winning if he's getting doubled. He says, I I think it was like, I'm... I've been forced a shot in a double team all year. Like I've been, I've been making it the right decision pretty much all year. And so I, I think pretty much he has the issue with Tatum has been kind of, uh, I think sometimes too isolation heavy. And then sometimes the shots are not falling, but I do think his, uh, abilities of a playmaker have, um, increased drastically. It's just, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you too. And I think it's, it's often very unfair of people to kind of just lump him in with Jalen Brown in that conversation about becoming a playmaker because he's far more advanced as a playmaker. He um, threw one pass and, in against the Jazz. Maybe it was against the Trailblazers, but it was like driving down the left side and like he saw the weak side defender take one step and immediately like whipped it to Marcus Smart in the corner who knock, uh, knocked down the three. And it was just like, wow, he like making the right read immediately like that was something that, yeah, you're right. He's certainly capable of doing it at this point, but that's just not like in Jalen's bag uh, right now. Yeah. And, and I, I do think Tatum has been willing, a willing passer this year. And I, I do think um, he's really tried to get the ball moving against double teams, stuff like that. I think like you said, a lot of it just comes down to making quick decisions making sure that like he's not just dribbling for a while and then settling for a bad shot like put put pressure on the defense all the time and and that'll make a difference it'll make a real difference when the Celtics shots are falling they're like it sounds so stupid they're a totally different team because it's the most obvious thing in the world but I also don't think their their shots are going to fall very much because they're just not a good shooting team um so they just got to defend their asses off and hope hope they can somehow get into now now they're 16th in offense get up to 12 Ooh, 11, maybe a little top 10, 10 action get in the top 10 yeah and just, how about Pritchard the Pritchard show oh I was gonna did, did you enjoy the Pritchard the show the Pritchard show was absolutely electric before I was gonna get to that because uh, that's the second great article you wrote this weekend before we get to that you're really you don't really compliment me very often I appreciate well, it well you don't always bring the heat but when you do I gotta I gotta recognize it <laughs> Uh, and so Neesmith had a nice game of his own, knocked down um, three three pointers. But I still like think the Celtics are looking for him 
basically both those guys because they're probably the be- in terms of talent, three point shooters. They're uh, better. Some of the better guys on the team. They just clearly have not been able to adjust to kind of having a smaller, diminished role, which is understandable. Um, but it's like uh, I don't know what you do because. Obviously, if they're not going to be hitting shots, you can't leave them in the game that long. But, like, how do you get these both of those guys going or even just one of them going so they can be, like, helpful uh, contributors off the bench moving forward? Yeah, and I, I think that's where you hope that, you know, getting hot in a, a otherwise pretty meaningless fourth quarter will go a long way. Like, maybe, maybe that helps Pritchard get back on track, gives him back the confidence. Um lets him be the because he is a really really good shooter like a really elite shooter who's been shooting like shit lately um and i think neesmith too like he had a very good stretch during that game i i thought that dunk was gonna be just electric <laughs> he he tried to do some absolute shit with that dunk just try to murder him man i forget who it was defensively but um yeah the celtics because I do think those guys are important, not just long-term, which obviously they're important pieces for, for the depth, but also this year. Like I think their shooting could really matter if, if they emerge, if, if they gain some consistency, if they start to knock down shots and earn minutes. So, yeah, may, may, maybe you know that fourth quarter can get them going. Maybe with Jalen potentially out um, at least one more game, he's questionable for the Lakers game. Maybe Neesmith can get some minutes, um, start to develop some rhythm, and because last year it seemed like, like the first half of the season he he just wasn't ready to contribute, and then once he got more consistent minutes, it was like, oh okay, like there's something there, um, and he hasn't played well so far, but maybe if he gets more consistent opportunities, maybe if he gets a little more run. Then, then he can work himself back into that rhythm that he kind of showed toward the end of last season. Yeah, so. and it's it's tough just to like how to how to get in that rhythm, how to earn the playing time that's going to get you in that rhythm. Um, hopefully, like there'll be more blowouts like this. If the Celtics can score 145 points uh, a night, I think that would be pretty good. But they're not going to play the Portland Trailblazers, who seem uh, fundamentally broken at this point. They were broken, man. Oh. <laughs> Could you feel it? Could you oh. feel it in the in the stadium? Oh yeah. Yeah, like it was when the last Kyrie season, the Celtics felt like that. It was like, like this team, there's something you could watch them and just know there's something wrong. Like, I don't even know exactly what it is, but you just watch them and be like, that's that is not a team that really is a team. (laughs) (laughs) And the Blazers have that, the Blazers have that same feel. Like, it's like, like they they are just oh god ugly to watch. So god ugly. You were at practice today before we wrap it up. Was there anything that came from where they practice? UCLA? I'm not even sure where they practice. We met them at the team hotel. Uh, okay, anything to come from uh that kind of little sesh with Ime and whoever spoke. Well, the hotel was beautiful. <laughs> um, the pool views were amazing. <laughs> A really nice hotel. I'm looking at my uh, like my list from Celtics reporters right now, and there's just no tweets coming from that. So I'm assuming it's just a very boring press conference. So the one thing that was kind of 
that stood out to me as kind of interesting was that Udoka said he's never seen somebody Tatum's age that t- takes care of his body like he does. Um, which obviously, you know, he's he's barely ever missed games. He's almost always been available. And so you you could see that in the amount of minutes he's been able to play, the amount of games he's been able to play early on in his career. But I don't think I've ever heard like I I I know obviously that he's had a good work ethic. But I don't think I'd ever heard from anyone around the Celtics that that Tatum spends that much time on his body. So that was interesting to me. Maybe not to anyone. Well, he's else. extremely swole. I don't know if you've noticed. Big dude. He's a he's swoller than he is. <laughs> that, that's all you got from uh, from the beautiful hotel you were at today. Pretty much. <laughs> Neesmith said he was devastated that that his dunk didn't that he didn't make his dunk. That he really wanted that one. Um, Marcus Smart did not want to answer a question about officiating. <laughs> said, said next question. Um, that was that was about it. It wasn't wasn't the most uh, insightful session. I would say that's quite all right. We are coming up on the Celtics have two games: one against the Lakers, one against the Clippers. Back to back nights, a rare back to back night in the same building against two opponents. Um, how sad are you that it's no longer called the Staples Center and it's uh, it's the Crypto.com uh, arena? It's gonna be. Pr- I'm a big crypto guy. What? So, <laughs> you are? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a big crypto guy. Oh yeah. What's the What's the so, best coin that uh, people should invest in right now? I've, I'm not here to give financial advice, dude. If you're people okay, that immediately makes you research. not a crypto guy because if you were actually a crypto guy, if you were a true crypto bro. You'd have three hot investment tips for us right now. I own several crypto coins. Um, You're not willing to reveal what those coins are. Mostly, mostly Bitcoin, which has not performed as well as the others. Wow, but just didn't. I think I think is the be- the best bet long term. I didn't take you for a crypto guy. Are you an NFT guy? No, I have no NFTs. You got to diversify that portfolio. But I no, because I would never buy art. <laughs> so NFTs, it's like art, you know. Like there's just that's just not something I'm going to spend my money on. That's fair. Now the big question is: um, during that Clippers game, uh, many people don't know this, but uh, the Clippers at Clippers games only, not Lakers games. Clippers games are one of the few places you can get. Uh, a Welch's Jamwich uh, strawberry and peanut butter Jamwich. So, how many Jamwiches will you be picking up for me at that Clippers game? How many do you want? Two. Then I'll pick you up two. Hell two yeah, buddy. <laughs> so, I've never seen a Jamwich in a store. They, pretty much the only place I've been able to get a Jamwich is at Clippers games at crypto.com arena and then uh, buying them on Amazon. It's some wild stuff. Then I will. I'll have to come through for you and actually get those. Oh, that's going to be fantastic! Uh, th- Can I bring those through airport security? I would think so, as long as they're uh, in there correct. I don't know. They're less than. Is it a liquid? It's not a liquid. It's a solid. I don't know if, if does jam qualify as a liquid. Uh, I wouldn't qualify jam as a liquid as a as a. Oh. And it'd probably be less than three ounces anyway. Yeah, I think you're good. Um, the real question is: is cool. gonna is it gonna maintain them 
all the way from Los Angeles to uh, Arizona, all the way back to Boston. It'll be a be an interesting uh, flight for the Jamwich. It'll be a good test for the Jamwich. Yeah, we got to stress test the Jamwich if we're going to uh, have the people do it. So that's what you got to learn from us, folks. Buy crypto and buy a Jamwich. Well, we'll see how much the Jamwich performs. I never said to buy crypto. I'm not here to give financial <laughs> advice. Make your own decision about whether or not crypto is right for you. I'm telling you to buy a Jamwich because it's absolutely delicious. Um, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks to everyone who listened in live on the Athletic app or the room. Uh, you guys are all subscribers, so you can read more Jay King articles. He's on a two-game heater right now. Let's see if he can continue it. Uh, if you want to do that, subscribe to The Athletic. Thank you, thank you. Go to theathletic.com slash potable. You can sign up there. I'm sure we got all sorts of Christmas deals going on. I don't know specifically, but I'm sure we do. Uh, and so please subscribe to the podcast, read it five stars, do all those things. Jay, is uh, is negligence per se potable? I mean, we just talked about fucking sandwiches <laughs> and crypto. So, yeah, I think it would be. Anything is potable, Jay. Anything is potable.